What's going on, Badger fans? We got Coach's Corner. We're talking the offense, Braden Lott coming out of the Ohio State game. Questions on play calling. Let's talk about that goal line sequence and the biggest positives and negatives coming out of the Ohio State game with Coach Anderson on today's Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, you guys are amazing. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use the code LockdownCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get Coach Anderson on our typical Wednesday coach's corner. Coach, Ohio State game, 24-10. I know we both talked about it. We watched it. What are your thoughts? I want to start with the offense. I want to start with a 10-point showing against a really good Ohio State defense. What was your main takeaway coming out of that from the offense? I thought, for one thing, in the passing game especially, I think not maybe not the situation got the best of, of Braden, but he was rushing at times, and sometimes he was just maybe throwing the ball a little bit too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he couple throws there. He just really ripped in there. Um and I think the situation maybe got in his head a little bit. He made a lot of great throws. Uh, his pocket awareness is for his age is still phenomenal. And some of the situations that he got himself out, out of were really, really good to see. And situations that I think if maybe Tanner was still in there could have gone negatively. I can think, for example, the situation where he's third and 15 throwing out of the, out of the back of his, his own end zone. And throws a strike to Skyler down the middle of the field. Um, that that's a situation that you don't expect the young quarterback to be able to hit. But then there are other situations where maybe he rushed things a little bit too much. Maybe he tried to throw the ball a little bit too hard. Some of those drops that he got, maybe the balls weren't as catchable as they should have been. Um, so it's it's a it's a hit and miss. But when you're playing the number three team in the country, and now I guess the number one team in the country with the uh, the playoff standings, you can't expect much better. You hope for better and pray you don't get worse. And it was kind of down the middle. We, we saw, did a lot of good things. Uh, still stupid mistakes. Yeah. Still penalties. Still drops. Um, missed blocks. You know, I, I kind of said this in in my breakdown. Um, we picked the wrong situations to be human and that can be an issue. It's everyone's human. Everyone makes mistakes, but when you pick the absolute wrong time to do it, it piles up. And I think the game was closer than the score indicated. I think we're two or three plays away from if we hit them, we hit them when we should have the game's a lot closer. I don't, I don't think at any, any point I felt like we were getting blown out. Mm-hmm. or I felt that the offense couldn't hang with them or the defense for that matter. It just came down to the best team won. It, it felt like they're – I definitely want to talk about – because if you look at the end of the game, Badgers commentary is literally catch the ball, catch the ball. It really mm-hmm. felt like watching the game and going back and seeing some of it. A lot – and you brought this up, so I want to hit on it. A lot of those catches weren't as easy as – there was some inaccuracy with Braden Locke too. Like part of a job is to – create more catchable passes um now the receivers do need to catch the ball if you if it's your hands you have to catch it but 
Mm-hmm. It felt like it was a combination of inaccuracy, and, and it wasn't just receiver drops in this game. No, I mean, Luke Fickle gave me my new favorite uh, catchphrase, uh, you touch it, you clutch it. I love that. And it is, it is true, but the quarterback's got to help you. And and some of the and again, a lot of it maybe placement wasn't necessarily an issue. It's a little bit out in front, but when he's just rocking it in there, that's a hard catch, um, especially if the ball's coming through traffic or something like that. So yes, the receivers need to catch the ball. Braden needs to uh, to help in those situations, and this is going to be a, an issue that's going to take him some time to work through because he's not used to throwing to these receivers. He's used to throwing to the second team. So if anything, he's going to throw the ball to Skyler more because he's more used to throwing it to Skyler. But he needs to get comfortable with the first team, and he hasn't had all camp. He hasn't had all spring. And it's going to take time where he gets that second nature. And it doesn't help when he has Ohio State's defense breathing down his neck and he feels like he has to rush it and has to throw it harder. Um, That's something he needs to learn. And it'll come with time. And I think, you know, his, his stat line is not as terrible as it might indicate, you know, his, um, I hate using analytic terms, but his adjusted completion percentage was probably a lot better than, than oh, yeah. it was because he had throwaways. He had, he had tips, tips, he had drops, et cetera. Um, so there's something to build on, but yeah, he, he definitely needs to, to, to help his receivers, especially when they're having, these mental blocks, whatever you want to say, that's causing them to drop the ball. Uh, he needs to help them for sure. I feel like with him, and you mentioned this a little bit with the pocket awareness, he's the type of quarterback I feel pretty confident the accuracy is just going to get better and better. Like mm-hmm. if you look at uh, this, is something Luke Fickle mentioned as well that his presser, I thought this was interesting. I'm going to kick it to you. He said, You couldn't start a, he, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't the, remember the exact quote, but he said, You couldn't start a quarterback with a tougher. Iowa, a road Big Ten game, and Ohio State, right? Given he's not starting with Buffalo or Akron, right? No. Like, what a springboard potentially for Braden Locke going forward, not just the rest of this year, but into next year. And not only that, I mean, he doesn't have the benefit of camp. Mm -hmm. You know, his his mentality going into camp is totally different than his mentality coming in as a starter. And and to get no warning, it's – by the way, you are going in, and 10 minutes later, you realize you're going to be the starter for the rest of the season. And then to have to do against Iowa and Illinois on the road and then Ohio State, that is a tough task with inconsistencies around you. And that's what gives me confidence in him because he's performed admirably mm-hmm. when he's been put in that situation. He's made throws. He's shown leadership on the field by his actions and his calm demeanor that are going to carry him forward where I have no doubt this is going to be his team next year. And he is going to be that leader and that we need, and he will take control of that offense. You better believe these guys are going to be spending every waking second in the off season, throwing balls to each other. And the receivers are going to start getting annoyed at him and all the text messages going, Hey, meet me out on the field in 20 minutes. We're, we're throwing balls. And, I know he's going to be that type of player for sure. Well, he's definitely that type of guy talking. You just read what, what Phil Longo says about him. You don't need to be a decoder. Phil Longo says he never comes no. out of the film, film room. His high school coach said, I've never seen a guy wired this way. Like, he is this type of guy. Um, talk to me a little bit about the pass protection for this game. Because in watching it, it actually felt, again, given the opponent, given some of the struggles we've had, it 
it felt like they held up okay for the most part. I think I think so. I think a lot of the pressures that Ohio State got were well-designed pressures that they were able to use scheme to manipulate open pressures. Um, they were still able to get some pressures home with four rushers and three rushers every now and then, and that's where the athletes take over. But I thought for the most part we had better better um, play within the pass protection scheme. We didn't get as many situations as we had in the previous weeks where we have two people blocking nobody mm-hmm. because someone got the slide wrong or the running back didn't get up into the uh, the protection. I thought actually Braylon, until he got himself hurt, for the most part, had his best pass protection game. He still had one that um, led to a pressure and, and an incompletion, but he, he's getting better. It it's, and it's, again, it's like we've, we've talked about Braylon is still learning how to play running back. Mm-hmm. Like he's played, he's played running back in, in high school and stuff like that. And he played, you know, he's played since he's been at Wisconsin, but you can tell he's a lot of what he's been taught is you're big, go run. It's, Oh, look at him run. Look at how strong he is. It's, and now I think Coach Spaulding is really like, nobody cares how strong you are. I want to see you pass protect. I want to see you catch the ball. That's what's going to get you to the next level. I want to see you protect the ball. Yeah, because everybody can do what he does at the next level. Everybody can. He's bigger and he can do it, but not every, the guys who stick in the NFL are the ones who are, there in running the ball, pass protecting and catching the ball. And he's getting better. So that helped with the pass protection scheme. I think Jackson Aker is a capable pass blocker. And that was good. That's good to see. I think he's going to definitely going to be able to take that, uh, that role from Chez of kind of that third down blocking back that Chez had to do uh, earlier in the season. And we had a Katie Akimeli sighting. And maybe he maybe he gets involved. He he got the absolute wrong play to get the ball. That was a violent Katie Akimeli setting. But I will say, for a young a young running back, literally taking his first carry to hang on to the ball in that, like he got plastered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that is your first play. Welcome to Big Ten football. Hmm. And uh, yeah, at least he held on to it. All right, we're gonna come back uh, with Coach Anderson, Coach's corner. We're gonna talk about that that really gorgeous. Braden Lock touchdown pass where he manipulated the pocket, uh, rolled out. Talk about the goal line sequence that I know coach has been going back and forth with a couple of people on, myself included. And then we'll get to the biggest positives and negatives from today's game. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned fantasy sports platform in America for a reason. It's It gives you the ability to finally get away from all the sharks, the hordes of people who do thousands of entries all the time with all their data and make it impossible for the regular daily fantasy sports user to win. This is what prize picks is. You just pick between two and six players stats over or under that's it. Uh, maybe Braylon Allen, more rushing yards or less rushing yards made Chimmer DK more receiving yards or less receiving yards. Just pick your players. It's you against the stats, not you against everybody else in and out in under 60 seconds. Clickety clack on your mouse. It's that simple. It's incredibly easy to play incredibly easy to use. And with Apple Pay, they have the simplest and easiest ways to make easy deposits into your account when you do make those prize picks winning hits this football season. On prize picks, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. 
All right, let's get uh, Coach back on, continue this conversation here. Coach, I want to start – I definitely want to get into the the goal line stand, the goal line situation, but I want to start with the, the Braden Lock touchdown pass. Get, walk me through what you liked so because I know we talked about that a little bit even after the game. Walk me through what you liked so much about that sequence. Could be the the that could be the best throw I've ever seen a Badger quarterback make. That's high praise. If 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 Patrick Mahomes made that throw, we'd be hearing about it for a week on ESPN. Y'all, no look. Put the ball in a spot, moving away from his arm. That is a big time throw. And again, you don't see throws like that from young quarterbacks who don't have just absolute 100% confidence in their ability. That is a, I am the guy type throw. So that's what I really love. I love the play design, you know, setting up play action off of toss speed option kind of look, and then just running one guy across the field and it's, you know, trying to set up the scene. It's not there comes back to the back corner of the end zone has the pocket awareness to step up because there was pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think Pauling was, he was the third option on that play. And uh, Braden had the the wherewithal, not only to be able to move in the pocket, know where his receivers are going to be, but put the ball in a position where only his guy could get it. It was an absolutely perfect throw in the absolute best spot it could be, the only spot it could be. And I love seeing that. And it's a great play design that that got him open and put a put us in that position. So all in all, one of the best plays of the season. I think it speaks to what we talked about with the the ability of of Locke to move around in the pocket, but keep his situational awareness, right? His head yeah. is still downfield. He's still looking for yeah. the throw. Because I mean, let me know if you think I'm wrong. If that's Mordecai, he takes off. I think so. Oh yeah, okay. for sure. He probably gets eight yards on it, by the way. Like he probably mm-hmm. gets eight to ten yards. Uh, this is no, not because it's, it, it's it's you know they're running mesh. They're running CJ across the field. They're running Pauling up to the to the pylon. So it would have been there. He it was thirteen yards. Hell, he could have he could have taken it all the way to the end zone. But that's just the different mentality that Braden has, where his eyes are always downfield. It's a lot like you know I might be overstating it here, but it's like like Russ. The difference between a, a runner like uh, Cam Newton and a runner like Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. On paper, they're the same speed, the same athletic ability, but where Cam Newton gets that initial pressure and he just takes off, Russell Wilson will run sideline to sideline all day, but his eyes are always downfield looking for a pass. And that's dangerous. And Braden has enough athletic ability that if he wanted to, he could have taken off there and gotten six, seven yards. Hell, he had a 20-yard run in the mm-hmm. middle of the game, even more. He has the ability, no, no question. But he also knows what he is. He's quarterback, and he keeps his eyes downfield all the time. And that's where you you can turn a good play into a career defining play. And that's what that could have been, because like I said, you you have to have a special level of confidence in yourself to look one way and throw the other, and not look to where you're throwing. And his eyes did not come back to the to Pauling until after the ball was out of his hands. That takes a special kind of quarterback. Yeah. I, it was an awesome play in the stands. It was awesome. And then going back on the rewatch, it's even better on the rewatch. Cause you don't see his vision, right? And yeah. in, in, in the stands, you don't see it. Sorry. In the rewatch you do. 
Yeah. All right, let's, let's go to the, excuse me, the uh, goal line situation. Uh, right before the half, Badgers trailing 10 nothing. They put together a drive. They get down to the one-yard line. Uh, first and goal at the one. I, I know there's people that are frustrated by this. I know some of that frustration comes from just not scoring, right? If, if you score mm-hmm. on the first play or, or the third play, or this, then a lot of that criticism goes away. I will say, even – and Rajiv can back me up on this. In the stands right after we scored, well, we thought we scored. I said, I love it, but I don't love the play call. Um I know, I know you disagree a little bit with that, or at least you have a different take on it. I give you the floor here to kind of talk about the sequence a little bit, because this was one of the pivotal sequences of this game. Yeah, I, I think like there is no wrong opinion on this. Like from a, a fan point of view and from a knowledgeable outsider point of view, why don't we just line up in I formation and run three straight up the middle? Or run a QB sneak. Why? Why? Why can't we just do that? Uh, I think our interior offensive line tells you why. And I think our our tailback in the situations where everybody knows he's getting the ball tells us why. For me, that that's my answer. And so then you come to play design and execution. The the first play to Skyler is a as close as you can get to a 100% success rate type of play in that kind of situation. Because first, you get the defense aligned exactly how they wanted to. This play, and that's this is the thing to get the whole sequence. The whole sequence was built on the game plan. Like Longo expected Ohio State to line up how they lined up that entire sequence. He got exactly what he wanted. And... If it wasn't for three inches too mm-hmm. long or Michael Furtney falling down, we score on two out of those three plays. And ironically, the one play that we had the least success on in terms of execution was the closest one to what everybody wanted, which is just pound it straight ahead. Our like, run to Braylon. Yeah, we just we I mean, what do you want? We got you want Braylon Allen seven yards deep, quarterback turns around, hand the ball off to him, or do you want Braylon Allen seven yards deep and you turn around and hand it off to him? Is it exactly the same thing? And I'm sorry for everyone who's going to yell at me for this and say I'm wrong, but turning around and handing off to a running back in an I formation is not faster than taking a shotgun snap and handing it to the to the running back. It's not. It just flat out isn't. And in fact, more can go wrong turning around and handing it off to a court, to a running back than it can in a gun. Well, let me, I, let me ask you this though. Um, yep. With the snap issues we've had at, at times, does that factor in at all? Maybe, but, uh, but if we look at the, if we look at, and I went back and I looked, if we look at our plays that we've run on our center so far this year. Not great. Have we gained any yards? Well, we got the we, touchdown from Malusi. On, right? on, 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 on a playing. Which which went against convention, right? Like it was it was a pitch out. But I mean, if you look at the Iowa game, like yeah. the reason why that play didn't work is because the snap was too slow. So if the snap's too slow and you try to run QB sneak, Braden Locke's dying. And so you know it's not you know everyone points out oh the Eagles can do it. The Eagles have the best center of his generation. And a running quarterback who's five foot nine, yeah, who can squat six. It's going to work. Yeah, it's going to. It's of course it's going to work. 
we don't have we don't have the the guys to just and and could you imagine if if we did line up and go I formation don't get it don't get it QB sneak three straight plays or three straight ISO plays they'd be on, they'd be on the streets with pitchforks and torches looking for Longo because it didn't work what they did was they ran three plays that Longo game plan for expected to work and two out of three of them basically did work if it wasn't for one guy making a mistake. So it's, it's okay to not like the decision, but the, the rationale behind the, that led to this decision is sound and it's there. It, it just comes down to, you know, Ohio state did not scheme to stop those plays. Longo got exactly what he wanted. And we had one throw that was maybe a little bit too low or Skyler wasn't aware where his knee was, one of those two. Um, but he he walks into the end zone or falls into the end zone easily. And if Michael Furtney doesn't get blown up and trip Joe Huber, Braylon walks in, even, even if he just stops the guy and Huber falls down, Braylon walks into the end zone and we wouldn't be talking about it. And I, 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 I still might be. Maybe, maybe. Again, and people are... Your, your bigger point is 100% correct, though. Like, fans want success, and I'm not saying this is everybody, right? Because mm-hmm. tr- I'm i not perfect at this either. I try to – good play calls don't always work, and bad play calls sometimes work. Whereas exactly. a lot of people look at success, good play call, or not success, bad play call. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think you have to look deeper. Like, the play call can be good, and it, things can just still not work. Or you can make the right – decision in a moment as a coach and it doesn't work out but if it's the right decision it's going to work out more often than it doesn't mm-hmm. it's more process driven than results driven uh, yeah. we have to take a quick break i'm going to come back i want to ask you one more question on this goal line stand because part of my and I'll, I'll tease it up here i don't know if i love and i mentioned this to you given the inconsistencies of the passing game it feels like the right chess move to have your pieces aligned that way but given our personnel i don't know if i trust our quarterback and receiver as a high level you know what i mean like do you trust one of our receivers making that catch in that moment or Braden Lock being accurate enough for him to just walk in? I'm going to ask you that when we come up after the break uh, and get coaches biggest positive and negative coming from this game. But first, a uh, quick break from our friends of the show over at eBay Motors. eBay Motors is the number one source I go to for all of my parts, all my car needs. And if you guys, you guys know me, I have many, right? I've had cars die in parking lots. I ran into trees. Like I have multiple car issues. Our Both of our current cars now, the one looks like it's came back from Ukraine. It's got like a hole in the side. The door doesn't open great. The other one is starting to make noise. The Jeep is. So I go to eBay Motors, the right parts, the right fit, the right prices. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay has you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP, bring home that win, keep your ride or die alive, ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, let's get Coach back in here, finish off this conversation. Uh, you know, so, Coach, one of, th- one of the things I was, again, we talked about this a little bit, was the idea of, you can line up your chess pieces correctly. And I think that's definitely part of what you're saying. Like Longo had the right chess pieces aligned with where he wanted them. 
but our personnel, like just the part of the issue for me on that sequence was I don't trust our receivers to make catches. Yeah, we can talk about Braylon Allen having struggles. Uh, certainly that second down run didn't go anywhere, but you only need one of those inside power runs or quarterback sneaks to gain a yard. You don't need any. And it felt like throwing the ball to Skyler Bell. And I know you mentioned, we talked about this offline. It, that's not really a longer thing. That might be Coach Brown who has Skyler Bell in that situation. But we've seen Skyler Bell's hands. That feels like also a pretty risky proposition there. It could be. <clears throat> I think the thing with Skyler and what they're maybe thinking, I mean, he caught the ball. Let, let's let's put it that way. He did catch the ball. Skyler tends to drop the the routine stuff. It's the hard stuff. It's true that he tends to do. But like his like we just talked about the catch that he made on that uh, on that third and fifteen situation where he took the the DB's helmet off. Yeah, that, that's a big time catch, and he can do it. And I think part of part of a way to get a young receiver to get his confidence back is to say, "I trust you in this situation." And and they did. He's a bigger body than Pauling. I think if they put Pauling there, maybe the bells and whistles goes off and the receiver, the DBs that maybe we jump it. Who knows? It could be. It could have just been his turn in the rotation. So I I don't think the personnel. I I think if they didn't trust him in that situation, they wouldn't have done it. So as long as he's got Braden Locke's trust and Phil Longo's trust and Mike Brown's trust, I trust him. You know, you you could always put a different receiver there and and it changes the results. It it just comes down to when you look at the percentages within your offense, what you think has the best chance of success. And they like that play. They like what that play also sets up in the future. That formation, it sets up a lot of things. And I, in, in the situation, it is a high percentage, low risk kind of play. Because the worst thing that's going to happen on that play is an incomplete pass and it's second and one. So that's why you kind of throw a pass like that in that situation. The worst thing that's going to happen is going to be an incomplete pass. If you turn around and run I formation, power football there, we've seen it. A lot of things could happen where we get stunned behind the line, we lose yards, we lose momentum. So at the end of the day, you just have to you have to think what you think gives you the best percentage. And in that case, against that alignment, that's what they thought they had with the guys they had out there. Um, again, if they wouldn't have, if anything, the play, I think the play is more successful because Skyler's out there. And, and we could go back and rewind that play over and over again and see, was it, was it, did Braden throw it a little bit too low? Did Skyler not get upfield enough? There are a lot of things, but three inches and we're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that, and that's a th- and that's the thing that gets me with it. And that, and, and why I'm the whole sequence, why I'm not, I don't have any issue with it. Yes. We want to score. We want to score touchdowns. Of course. I'm not saying that we should do that. Anything else, but at the end of the day, it just comes down to running it correctly. And it doesn't matter what we ran in that situation. It could result in the same thing. And again, if we, run any, if we run anything else in that situation and it doesn't succeed, we're having the same conversation. Yeah. And then, and then the conversation goes to, oh, well, you're an air rate team. How come you didn't spread them out on the goal line? How come you didn't run a, run a goal line fade? How come you didn't run a split flow with, with a tight end in the flat? So – 
I think a lot and, and a lot of the, the beef I think we're getting in this situation from people is it doesn't matter what we ran because it didn't work. That's an indication of how things are going wrong, where that's just people's opinion is already there. And I like I, again, I get it. It seems simpler to just bang it straight forward. And maybe it is. But to the staff, it wasn't. Yeah. And again, three inches, three inches. We're not talking about it. Three inches. We're talking about we're tied at halftime with Ohio State. No, and to your point, man, the play was there. It was no. obviously there. Like a simple pitching. I shouldn't say simple because that you know, but it, relatively for Division One quarterback receiver, a simple pitch and catch, and it's a touchdown. But it, you're going to open yourself up to questions when you, you have a 240 pound running back in it. Well, you don't. Down. Uh, but I want to shift to here, and I, listen, I think. Uh, the other thing I'll say is I think it's an offensive line thing at the end of the day anyway. I, mm -hmm. I think if you're offensive, like part of the reason, in my opinion, not that long ago is never not going to want to continue doing, uh, you know, spreading it out, throwing it on first and goal. But I think if the offensive line plays better, the interior offensive line plays better, I think might, you might just see two runs. I think I, like the reason I mean, yeah. you do this is because you don't trust your interior. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's, it's who do you trust in the situation? Do you trust Skylar Bell behind two tight ends, or do you trust the interior lineman in your 245 pound tailback? That is a big that is a big indication of what's wrong with this team. Is in situations where everybody know that knows that Braylon's getting the ball, it's not guaranteed success. Mm -hmm. You know, he has fumbled in those situations. He has gotten blown up in those situations. It, it's happened. And we've also had situations where quarterback turns around and by the time he gets the ball to the running back, there's a defensive tackle waiting for him. So in those situations, what you want to try to do is like, all right, offensive line, you're not blocking very well. Get out of the way so we can just throw the ball and get rid of it. So, and that's what it comes down to. It's been the same thing all year. Our offensive line has just not been playing that well. I mean, and that's putting it mildly. It's offensive line has been playing poorly this year because they are just not athletic enough to operate in anything outside of, of, of a phone box. It's, and, and that's an issue. And that's something that is going to be less on Jack Bicknell this offseason, more on Brady Collins yeah. to, get, to, to get this offensive line to, in the shape that it needs to be. Because they, they need to have a new mindset in terms of how how they use their athletic ability. And that's also why you're seeing a change in the type of players that they're recruiting. Is they're they're recruiting college ready for the most part bodies that don't need a lot of weight to be put on. They have college ready athletic ability. They just need to learn. In the past, we would get these 245 pound, 250 pound, 260 pound six foot seven guys. We spent three years putting on 60 pounds of weight and then, okay, redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior, redshirt senior, they're ready to go. But then the, you just create a bunch of clones that are basically the same body type. And now that body type doesn't work anymore. And, and the game is changing where that's not going to work anymore. So the offensive line has to play better flat out. Cause yeah, I don't, tr I, I wouldn't trust the offensive line in that situation. Well, I, I just don't. I think that's where Long goes at to some degree too, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that he's necessarily saying I don't want to run the ball here. It's just I don't 
I I don't think he thought that the offensive line could get pushed. At the end of the day, I still and maybe this is a broken brain in my head. I still think if you hand the ball off to Braylon three times, he's going to score one of them. Uh, but but it's possible he doesn't, maybe. right? There, but it's definitely possible he doesn't. Um, yep. And at the end of the day, I. The, the, their defensive line is just a lot better, and that causes all that pressure. too. And, and and it just comes down to the it comes down to the matchup. It comes down to who you trust. And I mean, Phil Longo has shown he's not Mike Leach. We're still running the ball yeah. thirty times a game. We're throwing the ball forty times, but usually in the past when we were throwing the ball forty times, that means we're running the ball fifteen times and we're behind. Mm-hmm. It's we're, we're we're running the ball thirty times and we're throwing the ball forty times. And kind of, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, and, and we're still having, you know, again, statistically, we're having slightly better success than we've had in the past in, in the in a transition year. And and Longo's offenses are always better in the second year. Fickle with uh Cincinnati didn't take off to the second year. Uh it's it's not a we're not in a bad position. It's just we've got to fix these couple spots. Give me um, kind of quickly here, but give me your biggest positive and biggest negative coming out of that game. Well, to go on a completely other end, I think defensively, that was a really good game. All things considered. At the end of the day, the best receiver in the country showed why he was the best receiver in the country. Uh, They had some really good play calls offensively that put him in situations where Nobody could stop him. You can't, can't game plan around that. But for the most part, the uh, the defense played a lot better. Uh, I, I really liked the pressures that Trussell used. We talked about it last week where the keys to playing with Ohio State was to bring the pressure, and they did. They showed that they weren't intimidated by Ohio State. At no point in that game did I feel that the coaching staff or the players felt intimidated. They felt they were in it the whole game. and And that's a positive sign. Because you look at the Ohio State game last year, was, end of the first the game was over after the end of the second drive, and and nobody was in it anymore, and so that's a huge positive step. Um, so defensively, it, it it went in the right direction, and a lot of players are making plays, and that was good to see. You, you're you're starting to see where the deficiencies are on defense, and where personnel decisions are going to have to be made in the off season. But the the defense is starting to hit their stride. And, you know, they've had a tough test these last couple weeks, not either between Ohio State being as good as they are and then being in situations where the offense wasn't helping them. But they're starting to, to come through and play better. Um, the disappointment was... Really quick on the defense before yeah, you go on yeah. that. I do want you to disappoint too. But the defense set the tone in this game too. Mm-hmm. I think it's underrated. First drive, Ohio State, not only do they not score... Because there's an arrogance with Ohio State that's earned. It's an earned mm-hmm. arrogance, right? Because they're so frigging good every year. Of course, they're going to go for it fourth down that first drive because they're going to get it because they're Ohio State. They're going to score on the first drive. They're going to put Wisconsin at hole. They're going to shut Camp Randall up. And no, defense steps up, makes a huge stop, hits McCord, forces a fumble, fourth down mm-hmm. stop. They set the tone. They absolutely set the tone in this game for the Badgers offense to pick up, which they just couldn't get going early enough. Yep, and, and, and a lot of the guys that we t- – and it has been talked about this year have been liabilities stepped up. I think CJ gets mm-hmm. looked pretty good for the most part. Um, you know, Muma played okay. Jordan Turner, well, he's better than he has the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think defensive backs, uh, you know, outside of, of Rico 
played admirably. You know, Zachman is, is coming to, into his own. They're finding ways to use Kamuilatu where his aggressiveness is not a liability anymore. Um, Gio Paez played a pretty, pretty good game inside. One mental mistake of understanding where to flex on the field. And, you know, the game is, might be a little bit different. And uh, so, yeah, defense is, is really taking a step forward. And offense has to start over. Like the, you know, the, the progression that we are starting to make w- w- with Tanner has to start over. And the fact that, you know, Braylon got hurt. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Again, we're – Braylon gets hurt. That's just what he does. And, you know, Chimray gets hurt. And – you know, things are it, – it's going to be a lot of, you know, two steps forward, one step back, two steps back, one step forward, back and forth offensively this year to find their identity. And But they weren't intimidated by the moment. Like, we're making plays all the way up through the fourth quarter. We didn't string up, up, up good ones, but at no point did I feel that the offense felt intimidated and or Braden felt that it was, he was in over his head. So that's positive. Negative is still the same mental mistakes, still the same, okay, less stupid false start penalties and stuff like that. That was better to see. But situational awareness, like, again, with with Geo. That's happy ball when an Ohio State defender jumps off sides. Yeah, you know, stupid little things like that. Um, Those take time to get better because it's – whether you're excited or you're just caught up in the moment, you understand what you're doing. Um, but more positives than you would expect from a 14 point loss. When a 14 point loss is considered a positive help. I mean, they covered, weren't they 14 and a half point underdogs? They were. I mean, there you go. So take that, take that for a positive sign. Yeah. It's a step in the right to, like I said, People hate the term moral victory, but you can say progress is made. Maybe that's yeah. a better way to say it. Progress yeah. is made. Yeah. It's, in three years, it has to be better than it is now. But they, they played Ohio State tough. Ohio State's a monster. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's they have to grow up fast. Mm-hmm. And with the way the Big Ten is changing and the way that schedule is going to be next year, it's going to change the mindset of how the program is going to be built. And I think we have the right people in place that are ready to take that next step into this new Big Ten. Uh, and we're going to get – and once we start getting more of the right people in place, it's going to fall together. Um, I, have, I have every confidence in that. I think it's well said. He is uh, Coach Anderson. Join us for Coach's Corner every Wednesday. Go check out his work at Dairy Raid. Let's get him up to 500 subs. Um, coach, thank you so much as always. See you next week. Every time. Love it, man. On Wisconsin, we'll talk tomorrow.